Welcome to Season 2 of Game Design Unboxed on the No Direction Network. Danielle talks to tabletop game designers about the games they've made. Together, they unbox how the game went from inspiration to publication. Thank you for joining me, Danielle, for Game Design Unboxed Inspiration to Publication, Episode 38, Slingshot Maneuver. Today, we are joined by the board game captain, a.k.a. Josh Kaplan, a YouTube game reviewer and designer of Slingshot Maneuver, published by Nestor Games. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I'm super excited to talk. So for anyone who doesn't know, Josh and I actually already know each other. We used to play games together. I used to help a little on his YouTube show. But uh, Josh, how did you initially get into the industry for anyone who doesn't know you? Uh, Well, uh, originally, I was sitting around waiting for Gen Con to happen one year. And I was watching a ludicrous number of YouTube videos on board games, uh, just because I was super excited for Gen Con. And then I, I, you know, some of them had a lot of really great production quality and others were very basic. And I was like, looking at the basic ones, and I was saying, I could do that. (laughs) So the original way I got in was I just I started recording videos, putting them up on YouTube. And before I knew it, I started making contacts with companies uh, because of my reviews, because people would reach out to me and say, hey, would you review this game? Uh, And then I realized with some, you know, like most gamers, I always have a couple of designs I'm working on in the back of my mind. I realized I have contacts. I could actually just ask someone, hey, would you be interested in publishing this? I always feel like that's such a good way to start and get into the industry, like making those contacts. That's awesome. Yeah, it kind of worked out. And not worked out at the same time for me. But yeah, it's uh, and, and you also have to uh, keep in mind that these uh, in, in my case, my contacts were made because of reviewing things. So there were people I asked and the game was just not something they were interested in publishing. And you have to be able to if you want to maintain those relationships, you have to be able to take no for an answer and be like, OK, I get it. And then not talk to them about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, that is important for sure. So then for anyone who hasn't played the game Slingshot Maneuver, the spotlight of the episode, mind explaining how the game gets played? Sure. So the game Slingshot Maneuver, um, it was based on two things. So uh, it started with, I was thinking about the fact that when NASA launches unmanned uh, vehicles, to explore the various parts of the solar system to save on fuel, they will use uh, gravity assists or what is uh, slang known as a slingshot maneuver to slingshot around planets to get further out into the solar system to be able to uh, be able to get out to Jupiter, Saturn, and even beyond without having to use a massive amount of fuel. And I also started to think about, because uh, I love both war strategy games and I love abstract strategy games, and I started to think about how this would be represented in game terms if you had two forces fighting over the solar system. And it occurred to me with how since uh, a lot of warfare, especially in a, you know, um, air fighting perspective, as well as a um, uh, submarine perspective is based around stealth technology, not knowing where your enemy is until they attack you and how devastating that could be. It occurred to me that if you had ships that were uh, had decent stealth technology and they could fire their thrusters behind a planet and use a bunch of slingshot maneuvers carefully calculated out to ambush an enemy, the effects would be absolutely devastating because your enemy wouldn't even know they were coming. Uh, So I I started thinking about how you would represent this in various types of games. And originally I was thinking about making it some sort of big heavy war strategy game, but then it occurred to me, 
it might be really interesting to make it an abstract strategy game. I started thinking about uh, the mechanic from the classic game Suricarta, where you kind of slingshot through these little loops. And I was like, it would be really cool to adopt this mechanic that nobody has really adopted for uh, any other games past Suricarta, to my knowledge. I, I couldn't think of any other game that had used it. It would be really cool to adapt that mechanic to help represent doing these sneak attacks, doing these slingshot maneuvers. And uh, it seemed kind of perfect, except for the fact that I wanted the further you were able to to slingshot to do more damage. And that's where I came up with using dice as pieces and the numbers on the dice representing how many ships. And the further you were able to slingshot, you would do more damage to those ships before the actual battle would begin. Okay. And so for abstract games, that's something that you enjoyed playing or was it something that just was on like your design bucket list of things to hit? No, I love abstracts. I mean, you know that. You and I use, have played hours and hours of abstract games. I absolutely... I, I feel like uh, finally abstracts are getting their due again. People are starting to, to realize that that abstract game is not a dirty word, which I'm glad because for a while there was this kind of perception in the gaming community that abstracts were old hat and they were not something that modern gamers did and uh you would it, it sometimes it felt like you had to um you really had to to talk someone into trying an abstract game which is weird uh whereas a lot of uh people who are not gamers who maybe have only played regular games on the other hand to introduce them to games abstracts were a great gateway to get them in because they already knew abstracts they're aware of chess and checkers and uh maybe go or nine men's morris you know various classic abstracts and showing them more modern abstracts was always a, a, an easy way for me to get people who are not into modern games to try modern games so i i'm glad that that modern gamers are opening up more to abstracts now you're seeing a, a bit more of it um and I hope that there's hope for more abstract designs to come out in the future, especially since I would like to get Slingshot Maneuver back in print at some point. For sure. No, I definitely love abstract games. They're so interesting how much you can do with so few movements. I mean, like some of them is literally just like you push a thing and then you have this whole game. And I was like, just like the way you're pushing something has now created a game. Like, it's just not fair. Like, in my opinion, a good abstract is a game that feels like it wasn't made, but found. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. So, okay, for Slingshot Maneuver, what are the different things you can do on your turn? And then I know that you ended up adding an additional bit to the original abstract part of the game. Yeah, so the original the original abstract game, when I first designed it, it was a pure abstract. And the main things you could do, you had three options on your turn. You could do a Slingshot Maneuver, a Split Fleet Maneuver, or a Build Action. Uh, the slingshot maneuver is the main thing. Obviously, the game is based around. You pick one of your fleets. You orbit the planet you're on. There are various paths that go around the solar system. You pick one direction around the sun. You start going in that direction. And when you run into an enemy fleet, however many planets you orbited, you do that much damage to the fleet. So if you orbited three planets, you destroy three ships. So if it was a fleet of four ships, it goes down to one. And then... You look at the two fleets, and whichever is the smaller of the two fleets, you reduce the size of both fleets by the number of the smaller of the two fleets to represent, now that the, the, the sneak attack is over, the rest of the ship's just shooting it out in a war of attrition. Uh, and whoever, if anyone is left with ships there, they 
take control of the solar system. Uh, a split fleet maneuver is done uh, similarly, except that you start by taking one of your fleets and splitting it into two fleets. One of the fleets has to immediately move off from that planet, uh, and it doesn't get to orbit the planet it starts with. So uh, it's a good way to leave behind and control the planet you are on if you have a good calculated move where you can move around and slingshot some planets before hitting an enemy and taking that planet as well. So you can actually increase your control in the solar system. And then the third action is the build action. Um, now, the build action uh, allows you to count up the number of planets you control and build that many ships spread out amongst your various fleets. You can you can increase the size of them. Of course, we use six-sided dice for the playing pieces, so your max size fleet is six ships in any particular fleet. So that was kind of where I was at when I had initially designed it and was working on it. And when the first time I showed it to you and you helped me play test it, that was kind of where it was. But uh, I kind of felt like it did need something else, but I didn't know what else to do with it. And I was, I was very kind of at a loss until I started uh, showing it to Nestor at Nestor Games, who was interested in publishing it, but he was like, it needs something else. And I was like, okay, do you have any any thoughts? And he started talking about adding in kind of new powers or abilities. And I said, well, I said, I had toyed with the idea of adding in a hand of cards. And he said, no, 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 no cards. He goes, I want to do this as like a travel game and cards don't work for that. He goes, so no cards. I said, all right. So I, I went back to the drawing board and I came up with the idea of the tokens, which if you look up my game on Board Game Geek, uh, if you look up Slingshot Maneuver there, you can see that you put tokens, one every turn, on your side of the board, and each button that you're putting the tokens on has a number for a threshold. When it hits that number, you get a special ability that's something extra that you do, and there's all sorts of different special abilities. There's some that duplicate some of the sort of actions you can do normally. There's one that is gives you an extra Slingshot Maneuver, one that gives you an extra uh, Split Fleet Maneuver, but then there's a ton of others that do all sorts of unique and different things like there's one called prototype weapon where you do a, a split fleet maneuver and send a single ship in that's basically carrying some uh some kind of uh advanced weapon and when it hits the enemy fleet rather than doing damage normal you just wipe out both fleets uh there's some that affect the the tokens themselves as you're placing them on different parts of the board there's one that allows you to steal tokens from your enemy which is the sleeper agent which i know uh danielle you were never a fan of okay you know i don't know it just it felt so mean because i would be working so hard and then you take it from me you know so i i, I I generally found so that that, that particular button was a hundred percent put in for balance reasons, and it was because uh, the first player to go would have such an advantage otherwise for building up things like the prototype weapon, and there'd be no way to stop them. So it, it was put in so there was a way to stop someone from completing the prototype weapon if all they did was focus on that. So it made the first player feel like they had to spread their their tokens out more and and didn't couldn't just rely on being like well i'm just gonna wipe out your first your biggest fleet the first chance i get you know so kind of it felt like i understood why you didn't like it because it was a very aggressive button but oh, at the no, same time no, it totally like it felt sense why yeah. you did it no it is necessary just because i felt a certain way i just hardly ever used it but that's a fair so point fun buttons to push and it's like you know how it is you got to push all the buttons <laughs> yeah well and that's that's the thing that i wound up liking so much about the final group of buttons i had because like when i first started playtesting the buttons i had about twice as many buttons and i slowly narrowed it down buttons no one used i would get rid of 
But the, the final group of buttons, as I played it with different people, everybody had different buttons that they liked. There were people that would go for the prototype weapon. There were people that would go for the sneak attack. There were people that would love to put a, a, a token on the sleeper agent just as a threat and then leave it there with one token on it, waiting for someone to try to go for like either the prototype weapon or the hidden shipyard and then and then steal all their tokens from from it before they were able to complete it. Um, there were a lot of people that would go right for the recommission of mothballed ship button just to get that one extra ship out there. And and I love that, you know, there's a lot of viable strategies left in the game after I was done playtesting it where, um, yeah, there's there's options. There are options. And I think that's that's what's really important for that sort of thing. So for someone learning the game, do you suggest they play the initial abstract first before adding on the buttons or just do all of it at the first gameplay? Well, if you are already an experienced gamer, I don't think there's a problem jumping in and doing everything. However, if you are feeling that it's a bit overwhelming, if you're looking at all the buttons abilities and uh, and you have a copy of the game, which is a little difficult right now but because it is out of print. But if you have a copy of the game, um, and I am hoping to get it back in print at some point so maybe when you're listening to this it is back in print but if you have a copy of the game and you're looking at all the buttons you're looking at what all the buttons do and you find them overwhelming then yes start with the basic version the basic version is in there to be training wheels uh you can if you play the basic version once or twice and you're like okay i'm good with this i get this then you can graduate on to using the buttons and i don't think it's that much harder once you got the basic mechanics down very cool yeah i mean i both my parents are not avid gamers but they both picked up to the initial abstract which is how i started to introduce them so yeah did they like it they did my dad liked it a lot my mom not as much of an abstract person even though she did think it was like cool but she also was just like oh my god my baby did the art you know how parents are oh yes we we totally forgot to mention that you did the artwork for for the game (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's the other bit Well, and it came out gorgeous. I'm always telling people when I get to show people it, uh, because I did, of course, keep a copy myself, but I'm always telling people how happy I am with how the art came out, because I think the board looks absolutely beautiful. And if anybody listening goes and checks it out on Board Game Week, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. But the way Danielle did the art for the solar system, I was I could not have been happier. I'm so glad it turned out good. It was so funny, because you were just like, oh, here's my prototype. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make this look pretty. And then they're like, we like this art. Can we have this art? Well, I was so I remember when I was telling you that I was going to try to get it published, and and I was like, I was going to be really cool, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put you forward as being the artist, and you were like, it's not going to work that way. They're going to want to use their own artist, and I'm like, no, no, I'm really going to try to sell you to be the artist, and that was my immediate push. I was like, I've already got an artist lined up, and he and he went for it, and he was like, oh, okay. He was like, let me see what they're working on, and he liked it. He just wanted to do some tweaks to what your initial uh, designs were. But um, but I was really glad that 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 he did want to use you because I I thought you had captured exactly what I wanted for the game, pretty much your first attempt, which I feel like is so rare as an artist. <laughs> as yeah, but it was great. Like you, you, you sent you sent me your first attempt, and I was immediately like, "This is great," and you were like. Oh, are you sure you don't want me to change some things? I was like, no, I really love it. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, this is exactly what I what I was picturing. Officially, the best client ever. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so easy to work with. No, it was easy. 
I'm glad the game did turn out looking really awesome. It does. It, it looks fantastic. I love the iconography and I love the look of the solar system. It, it looks absolutely great. I just, like I said, I just, I do wish, uh, so maybe we should talk about the, what happened with the fact that it's already out of print again. Well, here, why don't you talk about first how you and Nestor like connected, how all of that worked and now how it's in out of print. So, well, Nestor, uh, so Nestor is friends with, um, another game designer slash publisher, Marcello Bertocci, who I'm friends with also. Uh, Marcello is the head of XV games, uh, over in Italy. He also currently is also doing work for studio supernova over in Italy. Uh, and they're friendly because they've each published some of each other's games. Um, Marcello had designed a game that was also in the same travel game line at Nestor games called return to Camelot that Nestor had published and Nestor had designed a game, uh, that was called Niju that, uh, Marcello had designed a, had published a version of. Um, so what happened was, uh, Marcello had recommended to Nestor that he send me review copies because I'm one of the few people who loves to do reviews of abstract games and both of them publish abstract games. So I had, uh, had contact with Nestor. He was like, are you interested in reviewing these games? I said, yes. Uh, he sent me a few games to review. Then he sent me a few more. He really liked the reviews I was doing on them. Uh, and then I, because I was checking out his games and I was realizing my game, really would fit into this line of like travel games he does i was like it's it's too perfect it's too perfect not to mention it i asked him i said listen um i'm working on this this kind of abstract game and it feels a perfect fit for your games and bags line that you're doing your fun to take away line um would you like to take a look at it if the answer is no that's fine uh, I just don't know if you're looking for any more games or not. And he says, oh, no. He goes, I'm always looking for more games. And he says, send over your rules. And, uh, you know, if you've got a, a board or anything, let me take a look at it. So I sent over what we had. And we started talking about it. And he was like, I'm, I'm interested, but needs more work. So we, we that's when we had done the more adjustments. We had added in the buttons. And uh, then he started working with you on on refining it. And it was just about ready to go when, um, because of the pandemic and everything, he started having a lot of financial issues with the company and had to downsize. And unfortunately, he was going to have to cancel the entire line of games that both my game and Marcello's game were a part of, the, uh, the, the like, fun-to-take-away games and bags line, you know? And I mean, these things happen and you just, I mean, I was, I was upset, but I wasn't upset at him. I understand it's, it's, it's a necessary thing. It's just, you know, these, again, these things happen. It's a, it's a part of life. So he was talking to me and he's like, listen, I don't think it's going to get published. And I, 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 I asked him, I said, listen, I would, you know, if you can publish it, just for a, like a short amount of time, just so I can have had it in print, even if you don't get the minimum amount published that we agreed upon, I would be so grateful. Like, I just, I just want to see it get in print, even if it's, if it's for just a short amount of time. And he was like, listen, he goes, he goes, it's not about getting anywhere near the minimum. If I publish it, it's only going to be in for a very short amount of time. And it's probably not going to reach anywhere near the minimum we agreed upon. I said, that's fine. That's fine. So he said, okay. And he did. And he published it. And it was probably in print for about a week. 
Um, which I was is- just say, I felt like you just told me, I was like, oh, this is probably going to take you. And you're like, oh, it's printed. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened? How? Yeah. How quick did this happen? It, it happened very quickly, but then it just as quickly it was out of print. And I was very, I, I was sad to see it go out of print, but at the same time, I was very happy that we were able, to, you and I were able to get some copies. I was able to give some copies to family members and friends. And I got, uh, of course, the sum for you that you could do the same with, because uh, you had been printed as an artist and I had been printed as a designer. And that was awesome. I I was also, again, both happy and sad uh, that there were some people who were telling me they were they were looking forward to trying it and they couldn't get their hands on it because the ones he printed like went out went out of stock almost immediately. Uh, apparently, there had been some people that wanted it and they bought it and it was immediately gone. Uh, there were very few available in the U.S. and Europe. Apparently, the largest amount actually went to Japan. And even oh, in regards so cool. to, yeah, which is pretty cool. My, my game rules were translated into Japanese and it was, it was in some game shops in Japan, but it went out of stock almost immediately. Uh, and I know this for a fact because right after it got released, um, there was a person in Japan who contacted me and they said, Hey, we were, lo- re- uh, we being him and his kids, we were really looking forward to trying your game. And I had, I had had some other people contact me and say, Hey, where can I get the game? And I'm like, unfortunately it's basically already out of stock, but this one, this one really, uh, this is actually an interesting story because this one really got to me. And I, uh, wound up talking with this person for a while. So, so this guy in Japan, he contacts me and he says, me and my kids were really looking forward to trying your game. It looks really cool. Where can I get it? Because Nestor is already out of stock. And I said, yeah, he is. I said, he did ship a bunch to Japan. Um, let me contact him for you and see where you might be able to get it there since you're in Japan. And he said, oh, thank you so much. So I, I wrote Nestor and I said, hey, this person contacted me. I know you're already out of stock, uh, but he's in Japan. And I know you said you shipped a bunch to Japan. Um, is there anywhere he could get one over there? And Nestor said, let me check. I'm going to check with all the, the stores I shipped it to. So he gets back to me and he's like, they're all already out of stock. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so, I, so I messaged the guy back. And I said, um, I said, listen, I contacted Nestor. He told me all the stores he already shipped it to are already out of stock. There weren't that many copies to begin with. Uh, I'm really sorry. And he said, he said, listen, he goes, I, um, he goes, my kids are really excited to try out this game. They're, they're, they're learning about the solar system and they're really excited to play a game that had all the planets of the solar system in it. And, um, if you have any extra cops, I copies, I will pay you for them. I will pay shipping. Um, you know, please, please, please. Is there anything you could do to help me out? And I was kind of so touched by, by that, by him telling me about his kids learning about the solar system and being excited to play my game. And I did have an extra copy that I was hoping to send around to like some some other publishers to possibly get it back in stock. But I was like, you know what? I'd rather make sure it goes to people who are going to enjoy it. So I told him, I said, listen, I said, you pay the shipping. You don't have to pay for the game. I'll send you this extra copy I have of it. So he was so grateful. He was so excited. Uh he paid for the shipping. I shipped it to Japan, which actually the shipping to Japan was more than the game is worth. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, because shipping to Japan. So I shipped it to him, and um, he, he sent me several more emails after he got it. And he sent me pictures of him and his kids playing my game in their game room. 
and it was just like it was the coolest thing ever um i got, I got a little i got a little teared up I got a little teared up. I was, uh, they were so grateful and they were so happy to get to try the game. And they said, it's going to forever be a cherished part of their game collection. And I could see for their game room, they had a pretty sizable collection. Um, and they said they really loved it. And I was, I was, I was, uh, I think that was the highlight of me getting my game published right there. Oh my God. That's so funny. Cause it's always one of my favorite questions asked is like your favorite and your least favorite. So that was your favorite. Uh, what was yes. your least favorite? Um, my least favorite part of the whole process, uh, probably the fact that unfortunately it had to go out of print so quickly. Yeah. That's gotta be it. There's, I mean, cause I, I really wish, I really wish it could have been in print for a little bit longer because there were other people who were saying they were trying to get it and were unable to get it. And that did make me a bit sad. Uh, I am, I am going to try to get it back in print. I do. It's, it's a little difficult because of it being such a niche sort of abstract strategy game. Uh, it's hard to figure out another company that it would fit with now that Nestor is no longer doing that that particular you know line of games. Uh, it's a little difficult to figure another company that might publish it. I'm going to try. I'm going to, but I may wind up either doing maybe it on um, on Game Crafter. That was what I was going to ask. Yeah, if you'd considered them. Um, yeah, it's, it's so I'm I'm thinking about doing it on Game Crafter. Of course, um, I would have to. I, I'd, I'd probably see if 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 you would be able to work with me again, though, because we'd have to get a box art done. Because since it was in a bag, we didn't need to do any box art for it. I'd probably have, have to have some more work done on it um, to do it on Game Crafter. You know, uh, but yeah, uh, that that is one one possible option. So and and it, it would probably be a fairly affordable one to do through Game Crafter too, because the components are just a handful of dice and the board really uh though if i did redo it i i wanted to do a deck of cards to add to it where the cards would be um draftable asymmetrical player powers basically faction cards and they would add a couple of extra buttons that only you would have and not your opponent basically being a third level up on the game the first level is pure abstract the second level adds the buttons the third level adds the asymmetrical player powers that is cool yeah i'd be interested to see what that looks like so yeah, that that's kind of the plans and ideas I have at the moment, basically. What do you think made this design like so special to you and like to the players that did get to play it or the ones that wanted to play it? Well, it's it's got a level. Um, I, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but because uh, it's not like I think my own design is the greatest game ever or anything. Obviously, it it, it wasn't good enough to to. Uh, to be a game that when Nestor had to cancel the line, it was in for him to be like, you know what? I'm going to print it as a different type of game. I, I, I understand that, but I, it does have a level of uniqueness to it that I think everybody who tries it, at least the people I've had play test it with me and stuff, they always comment on how unique the play style is because there's really nothing else out there that plays like Slingshot Maneuver. The 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 looping around the planets and such, the the mathematical nature of that and the and the 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 pure tactile joy of doing the loops, of literally running the dice around the loop de loops around each planet gives this kind of unique feeling to it. I've never seen another game that plays like it. Again, the closest I've ever seen is the classic game Suricarta. Uh, but even that, because I've kind of taken its mechanic to another level in regard to how many loops you do, makes those loops more valuable because they'll be more damaging, makes it 
kind of totally different. Um, I mean, a lot of the other stuff in it is not unique. I've seen other games where people use dice as playing pieces. That's not a unique thing. I myself kind of borrowed that from some other games because I liked it. But the the looping is uh, and the circular board is is pretty unique. I agree. I do think it's pretty cool. <laughs> and then how long did it take for like the inspiration just coming up with the concept into getting it published? It actually it actually did take a, a long time. Uh, but it wasn't something I was working on directly for a long time because it was it was something where the the concept of 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 trying to make an abstract strategy game that emulated the maneuvers that NASA does with their unmanned craft, that concept had been bouncing around my head for years. Uh, it had something that had occurred to me ages ago. Uh, I had been slowly tinkering with it in a just completely abstract way in the back of my mind for years. Uh, I'd, I had been working on other games that I was working on designing, but every once in a while I would just come back to this idea and I would start to figure out how could I do this? How could I work with this? And the final thing that made it made it um, sound enough that I could make a physical copy and try it out was the concept of using dice as playing pieces. Uh, because of the ease of keeping track of the size of the fleets using the dice, I finally was like, okay, I can put this down on paper and start trying it out. Uh, from that point on, it was actually pretty quick because I had already been mulling over the ideas for so long. Um, I was able to just quickly, you know, prototype it out, start play testing it, and immediately start making alterations to it and adjusting it. And even from the time when I showed it to Nestor and he suggested coming up with some some like buttons and some powers which was a great idea that I, I, I went with that and I altered it and I came up with the whole concept of putting a token down every turn and having to reach the thresholds um, from, you know, that actually went very quickly. And then just another round of play testing with people. And a lot of the people I play tested it with the first time when it was a basic abstract strategy game and thought it was pretty good when they played, when they played it again, after the buttons started to tell me, Oh, this has gotten really good. And I started to know I was onto something. I was like, okay, so this is, this is really taking, a step up once I've added the, the buttons and the abilities. And, uh, so from that time on, it was uh, probably from the actual time of prototyping it down and getting it going, probably about six months. But for the initial time period, it was years thinking about the mechanic uh, and how to make that mechanic work. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's like, from my perspective, it seemed like it happened so ridiculously quick, but I had no idea that you had been spending years thinking about it. Yeah. Cause it, it was one of those things where like I, I, I had been mulling it over, but I couldn't figure out how to make it actually functional because my earlier ideas, I could, I could break it in my mind without even putting it on paper. And I was like, okay, this is not going to work. Uh, and it wasn't until I came up with the dice that finally I was like, okay, now I have to start testing it. Definitely makes sense. And so for designers that are either like just starting out or maybe interested in creating like an abstract game, do you have one piece of advice that you could offer to them? Um, Go for it and, and play it. Definitely. The, the biggest thing is play it, play it, play it, play it, because there's going to be bugs that you ha you can't figure out just in your head. You have to get it out there. You have to play it. You have to play it with lots of people. Let them break your game. Don't be upset that they broke your game. When they break your game, then you have to fix it. So yes, play it, play it, play it. Figure out where the issues are. Uh, adjust it. Play it some more. Um, play testing was definitely the most important part to getting the game totally functional and working the way it was for me to get it published because um, play testing helped me figure out where all the problems were and working out all the kinks. 
I completely agree. I feel like I've had so many ideas that felt so right in my head and immediately got broken and destroyed on paper. <laughs> but you can't be upset by that. You just got to you know, go back oh, to the drawing board. You got to go back. Yeah. And if you get stuck, like in my case, when I got stuck with Sedona Vortex, you add on like a co-designer like yourself, which, you know, definitely I've- help get it out. I really like – I know this is totally off topic, but I really like where we went with Sedona Vortex. I think the final the final game is really cool. Um, I do too. I'm still continuing to pitch it, so that's still like the abstract I would love to have signed. <laughs> well, and it was because like – uh, and I know this is totally out of left field because we were, talk, we were talking about Slingshot Maneuver. But when you came to me with a few designs and you're like, I'd love to work with you on a design, and you show me Sedona, Sedona Vortex, which had a circular pattern. And you know how much I love circular, <laughs> weird uh, uh, mechanics that are not used, I was immediately gravitated towards it. I was like, I want to work on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, you're an abstract person. Help me with this abstract that I'm stuck on. And it it's beautiful. And I hope that in the future, people get to see it. But I do too. And I, I, I talk about beautiful. I love the, uh, uh, do you have pictures up of the, of the shell board you came up with for, um, uh, for Sedona Vortex on Board Game Geek? I do not. No, I don't have pictures. I mean, I do have pictures, but I never put it on Board Game Geek. I thought about oh, okay. it, but I wasn't sure if I should since it's just a prototype. I was just wondering if I could direct people to go look at it because I think the board you came up with is absolutely gorgeous. I remember originally you were just doing like making it look like circles of stones. And I kept trying to say to you, no, it's like it's like a Fibonacci um you know, spiral. And I'm like, you should totally make it like, like half of a fossilized ammonite shell. And, and then we could have a mirrored the other half on the other side. And it, it took some convincing, but once you did it, God, it looks beautiful. It just looks so sure. good. I do have very nice looking prototypes. <laughs> yes. So I was, I was very happy with that. Do you have any other projects that uh, fans should be looking out for that are either signed or that you're working on? Uh, so not anything at the moment. I've been so busy with my channel and some other things that I haven't even had much time to try to get Slingshot Maneuver back in print, though I would like to. I have been toying with the idea because I've been getting some review copies from people who made their games on Game Crafter. So I've been toying with the idea of doing it on Game Crafter a bunch. But I really haven't had much time to work through the specifics even of my already designed game. Uh, I had another game that's on the back burner that I do want to get back to that's more of like a heavy area control war strategy game. Um, but it's it's nowhere near complete. Uh, so r- right now, um, probably the, w- the one thing to look out for is if I'm able to get a second edition of Slingshot Maneuver published um, with my, the one th- main thing I have been working on is the asymmetrical player power cards, which give you a couple of extra buttons that you can put tokens on uh, that will really, really vary up the gameplay from game to game. Uh, if I'm able to get that published, that would be the thing to look for. Or if I'm able to get it out on um, Game Crafter, which is probably more likely, but I am going to try a few more publishers to see if they're interested in before I before I decide to go to Game Crafter. Very cool. And then for my last question, if you could magically replace your name on any game that's already been created, and now you are the designer of it, what game would you choose and why? Okay, so I I know exactly what game I would choose, and it's because uh, when I was making Slingshot Maneuver, I was trying to make the perfect oxymoron, a thematic abstract strategy game, 
And I do feel I succeeded in making a thematic abstract strategy game. But more recently, someone came out with a thematic abstract strategy game that I can tell you completely objectively is better than the game that I made. And it's and it is amazing. And they succeeded at everything I would have wanted to do with Slingshot Maneuver uh, in a way. I mean, they didn't make a game that has a circular board like Slingshot Maneuver. But that game is That Time You Killed Me. It is a game... It is an abstract strategy game uh, with three boards where you do time travel, and it's about time traveling people trying to kill each other and eliminate each other from the time stream. And they made an amazingly thematic abstract strategy game. Uh, and I, I, I can definitely tell you that they succeeded at everything I was trying to do even better than I was able to do. Um, and I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. But hey, you know what? Never- Next time you'll do better, right? Oh, I hope so. Well, I'm, I'm again. I'm really hoping that the the cards, the third level, I want to do for slingshot maneuver, are is going to elevate it even more, and it's going to become uh, an even cooler game. That's what, that's what I'm really hoping for. That's so awesome. Well, I look forward to hopefully playtesting it then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 38, Slingshot Maneuver. And thanks again, Josh. But where can you be reached for anyone trying to follow you or your channel? Well, my channel is The Board Game Captain on YouTube. Captain is spelt with a K. You can also find uh, links to all my social media on my YouTube channel in my About tab. And also, I have a website, which is BoardGameCaptain.com. Just leave off the the. And again, Captain spelt with a K, BoardGameCaptain.com. And there are also links to my YouTube channel and all my social media over there. Uh, if you would like to follow me on you know, Twitter or friend me on Facebook or uh, look for my pictures of board games I've been playing on Instagram. Awesome. And you can find me, Danielle, at Token Gamer, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R for my Twitter or my Instagram. Thanks again, Josh. Oh, thank you. This has been another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. Join us next time.